Welcome everybody to a special episode of How Not to DM in between seasons here. I figured I would do a special one because there's a special occasion on hand. Um, I was invited to the Watsi Creators Summit, which happened today. A lot of people were invited in person, even more people were invited digitally, which included me. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what that summit entailed and what I learned from it and what I didn't learn from it, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and to chat with me about it, I invited my good friend DM Neil from DM's Block. Yes, thank you. I'm excited because I was, on the other hand, not invited, be it digitally or in person. So it's, I am you, the listener, but instead of just shouting in my car and the person on the other end not hearing me, I will just shout <laughs> in my room and they will hear me and we will be able to talk back and they will hear you. So I wanted to chat about this first because it's pretty funny. Neil and I have been um, chatting on and off for, I don't know, a few months now since you were on my show. I feel like, you know, we've just kind of had a, a fun little thing going. But something funny that we have found recently is that you and I are on different lists for wizards from from different groups and different people. So I am I'm have been added, I guess, recently to this creator's list right influencers list or, or whatever they're calling it internally because i got the invite to this thing right um but you're on a different list and you get invited to different stuff yeah uh, so yeah tell us about what you what you've gone to recently or been invited to yeah so i think the the distinguisher would be that in many ways i am looked at or the dungeon masters block is looked at as press yeah. not mm-hmm. as creator or influencer which is interesting because i'm not entirely sure how that happened I'm, I'm very grateful for the things that it does yeah benefit but one of the more recent things is the D direct as part of that press i was privy to most of that knowledge 24 hours before you know everything's embargoed where until it's announced i cannot say anything in theory uh-huh. i could prep everything that i wanted based on that information but right. it was press and so it was basically just a private webinar where you could ask questions it was greg tito it was some of the people behind the designs of minecraft and dungeons and dragons it was the actual person that ran the cast of the D movie through their first game collective oh, yeah. game together as D, where basically that was the first thing the script writers and the producers of the movie wanted as the first team building event was literally like before principal photography for them to play together play D. yeah and they That's said awesome. it was, they said the funniest thing was Chris Pine was like, he needed zero prep. He was all in. <laughs> he just believes in the game and what it can do. And so he needs, he needs no training. Just send that yeah. man out and he will tell you the good news of D and D. So but yeah, for, but for, like you said, for whatever reason, they are two very, very different groups because I work yeah. when I work, I, um, you know, air quote work with, someone it's the pr company it's not even right. really D. so it's 360 pr plus um which is the company that i've corresponded with for years now um so i technically i don't work directly with anyone on the D team until i'm talking to them yeah and for reference everybody um i was contacted by cat jelkowski uh i don't know if that's the correct way to say her last name that's just my total guest maybe at jelkowski Anyway, she is from GameSite Incorporated, and her title is Influencer Campaign Manager. So yeah, it appears like they've got the PR arm, which I'm, which is third party, right? And then they've got this, they've got this influencer arm, which is also third party, but they're different groups, and they contact us for different reasons. But as to why we're on the list, it's kind of I don't know. Who knows? Like Dungeon Masters Block, 
there's some interviews you do talk about you know stuff that's coming up in the game probably more frequently than my show does because it's focused on individuals and and like the interview but yeah it's kind of funny that they've got such different lists uh this feels like something that you would still invite press people to in my opinion um and we'll talk more about that later i guess because like you said you have no idea what the content was of this content creator summit because you've been avoiding it all day, all, all yes. the Twitter posts and everything. So yeah. Yeah. I had already started to avoid it a little bit because my kids are currently on spring break. My wife's at work. I'm at home. So it, it was all in. I'm just trying to get groceries done. I'm just trying to just every moment of every day I'm all in. Um, <laughs> and now that they're mode, asleep, yeah. uh, so we can start checking online and we had already kind of discussed it. So then I full tilt. I, w- I was like, no, no internet. Sorry, not today. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that it happened. Th- that That's about all I got. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to start with then what was communicated to us and more specifically, I guess, to the digital invitees. Um, so I'm going to pull up that email. Uh, and I saw screenshots of this floating around. I didn't see any, anybody saying we couldn't share this information. So that's that's the caveat here. But um, Kat reached out to me. She sent me a message on Twitter saying, what's your email address? I gave it to her. Then a couple of days later, I got this. Um, we're invited, excited to invite you to join us this April 3rd digitally to our Bellevue, Washington office for our team's first content creator summit. They actually did mention during the summit they're planning on doing more in the future. So that's interesting. Um, this event will be a chance to see some of what our teams have been working on, including the D&D VTT and D&D rules update. So that was communicated. Ask questions, give feedback, and connect with members of our studio and content teams. There will be no content requirements, nor will Wizards be taking or using any footage, photos, or recordings, blah, blah, blah. Any information we share with you during the summit, you are free to share with your community. Uh, so yeah, um, that's what they, that's what they communicated. That is fairly clear. Um, let's see. Um, as far as like an agenda though, the invites they sent me in my Google, um, calendar was just Cynthia opening remarks. She's the president at 9am Pacific time, digital group one, which was the group I was lumped into from, uh, 930 to noon. And then afternoon sessions from 1 to 5.30. Uh, They didn't really give us any specific agenda. Um, I guess the reason behind that was they split us out into lots of different smaller groups, Um, especially the digital folks, I think. I think the in-person folks were all together. I was chatting with my friend TTRPG GIFs or TTRPG GIFs, depending on what side of the fence you sit on. I'm not touching that can of worms. (laughs) And uh, he was saying he thought there were about 25 people actually invited in person, not including the Watsi staff and stuff that were there. So not a ton of people there. Um, uh, that'll come into play in, in some of my observations in a little bit too, though. Um, and most of the folks were digital. And I think they they moved us digital people into smaller groups to make it more manageable to answer questions and stuff. So maybe that's why they didn't provide us an agenda. But yeah, no, like, hey, at this time, you're going to talk about this with this person and prepare these kinds of questions. Um, and so that was kind of my initial like, the, I don't know what's happening when and like what to be prepared to talk about or not talk about um, going in. And then it just got kind of more confusing from there. <laughs> That's so for, like from a digital perspective, and I'm actually trying to, to go backwards a couple steps in my own yes. mind because yeah, when I, like when I reference it, like it is, it has truly been 
years that I've worked directly with a PR company. And uh, I've really only worked with two people in that span of time, which has been really good, solid communication. And it, it's a lot of understanding after that relationship has been built where I, I can ask very simple questions of them and they understand the basis of the show and uh -huh. how we run things. So then like things are pretty easy. What I do remember is a couple years ago when I think it was the very first D&D &D Direct where a lot of people and it kind of feels like everybody on just about every list was invited to a digital event that was not just watching it on YouTube or watching it on Twitch or something like that, where we all had digital avatars. We were all on basically what was a spell jamming ship. It looked like and I can create my own avatar. And then it was a system where when my avatar got close enough, let's say to your avatar, I could then see and hear you as if we were on zoom or oh, I could, fascinating. or I could digitally sit at a table and by chance, it was very funny. I sat at a table with B Dave Walters while I yeah. watched B Dave Walters tell me things about what was going on, which is a very surreal experience. Cause we had also had him on the show already. And yeah. then very similar to kind of what you're alluding to is like digital group one, your, gonna go over to room a and we would go like i would walk my little avatar over into the room and then let's say it's chris perkins and he would basically get go to the digital podium and talk about what he was going to talk about and we would quite literally form a digital avatar line and then just ask our questions in order and so hmm. that was my only digital DD experience i don't imagine that's what your experience was um so i i guess kind of what was your digital experience was it just kind of like zoom or was it yeah anything like i had just described that's a great question and honestly that would have been way better uh wow i wish i could have been on a spell jammer ship that sounds sweet um and i like the fun little interaction too that it makes a lot of sense uh no it was a microsoft teams call I have not used Microsoft Teams in the past. I have a slight suspicion that the fact that Cynthia is ex-Microsoft has something to do with the fact that they use Teams. Also, Microsoft is up in Seattle. You know, I, I don't want to point any fingers or anything, but I've heard terrible things about Teams. My partner Oof. uses it at her job. She is fine with it, but it didn't seem like the right tool for this particular job. Uh, a lot of issues with audio and video. If you were using the web browser like I was, because I don't have Microsoft Teams, the app downloaded, um, you couldn't actually see the camera of the people in the room that mm. were speaking. Um, and that kind of, I missed stuff from that. Uh, you only saw the slides they were presenting or whatever. Also, there were some people who were hard of hearing um, or whatever, and they, they actually had ASL translators on site, which is pretty cool to translate what they were saying to ASL. Um, but... I feel like if you were an ASL person who was using it on the web app, you wouldn't have been able to see the translators anyway. I, I don't know. Um, it, it just wasn't, it was kind of clunky. There were some issues with it. The chat would work and then it wouldn't work. You had to like refresh and rejoin if, if you were having issues. Uh, yeah. And at the very end, um, to their credit, um, Dixon Dubow, he's one of the content. Uh, he's one of like the, the content creator managers. Uh, I'll go look up his title in a second to give him the proper, um, the proper credit, but he at the very end said that part of what they had taken away already before the, you know, they had talked to each other about what was good and bad internally was that teams, they needed to either figure it out better or it probably wasn't the right tool for the job. So uh, yeah, a little buggy. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, go ahead. 
that's an interesting thing. Like I probably, I won't speak too long to it just because it's, it's yeah. not, it's not great content for this, but as someone who worked in higher education specifically on Microsoft based campuses for 20 yeah. years, no, yeah. that's not how that should just in the sense that it's a great, it's a very good internal tool. It's not necessarily a good external tool in the same that like Slack channels and things like that. They work well for interacting with other people that are at the same institution that you are. And you know, right. you're, you know, you're in your, office and i'm in my office and we do a quick teams meeting um and it documents things and it does it really well yes but even yeah even the accessibility functions um that zoom has these days in terms of audio descriptions being automatically or audio transcriptions rather not descriptions uh-huh. being produced through things or having um yeah like you said the asl or 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 um yeah, Teams is a yeah. very internal tool, not necessarily an external tool. Ooh. So, yeah, it actually did have live captioning. And I think after a while, people figured out you could like go to some setting and see the ASL translators, but they didn't make it clear from the get go. And unless you had used Teams before, it would have been hard to figure that out yourself. So accessibility was just kind of like kind of an issue. They didn't send out any information beforehand saying this is how you use Teams. We recommend using these using this browser or downloading the app, you know, it just wasn't communicated. And so as a result, people had to figure it out on the fly. Um, uh, more on the experience overall, holistically, uh, they kind of started late. Um, they were supposed to kick off at 9 a.m. Pacific. They kicked off at like 9.25 Pacific. I think Cynthia oh. said a total of like, you know, a few hundred words before she handed it back off to everybody else. So we didn't really get to hear from her much. I think a lot of people would have liked to hear from her more, especially given her comments last year about the monetization of the brand, um, talking about magic and also D&D. And just, you know, in general, I, I feel like hearing from those people gives us an idea about what their agenda is and, and what they see, you know, this event being for, that kind of thing uh, that we just kind of missed just because she wasn't available um, for very long. So yeah, that was that was kind of a bummer. And then all of the other sessions started late as well and ended um, quite late. That was because of the pure volume of questions that were being asked, um, the ending late kind of thing. But uh, yeah, one kind of cool thing that happened because I was digitally invited was the digital folks got invited to office hours, which was being paired up with a random Watsi employee and being able to ask them whatever was on your mind. Um, I got paired up with Todd Kenrick. Love Todd. He's a really nice guy. He's the head of content. Um, so, you know, he had a lot of interesting things to say about that. Uh, again, something they didn't communicate super well uh, was who you'd be paired up with so that you could have relevant questions for them. Um, the group I was in, there were probably eight other content creators all talking to Todd and we had a lot of questions and he was able to answer, you know, a third or a half of them himself with his own knowledge. And the rest was kind of like, I think it's this, I think it's that I'm not sure I'm not in those meetings to his credit. He tried. Right. And I don't think he was kind of set up for success necessarily. It would have been in, that was my my first thought was how scary is that on the other side? Right. Like they're just like, all right, you're going to talk to eight random people. Who knows what they do? Like I had some Oof. people who'd make magic items on there. I had Mark Humes on there. Who's a, a DM, you know, yeah. for high rollers I had a bunch of like random people that were with me to talk to Todd. Like it was interesting for me because it's content creation stuff. Um, but 
but yeah, like if we had a list of people and we could have chosen who to talk to and what what specific expertise they had, you know, we could like go talk to this person about this stuff. That would have made a little bit more sense to me um, instead of just kind of random pairings. And I think it kind of showed in in that a lot of us were asking Todd questions and he didn't have the answers because it's just not part of his job, right? So kind of kind of a not a letdown, but just not as smooth as it could have been, in my opinion. But still fun to to get a little FaceTime. And he gave us, you know, his email and said, ask me whatever, send me emails later if you want to chat about this kind of stuff. So he he definitely did what he could. Uh, so I appreciated that. I'm not going to ask you for his email because almost every single place <laughs> has a super easy naming convention. And yeah. the second we unlock one, we unlock them all. So that's not really it. That's... The the thing that keeps coming to mind, and I hope this is a beneficial piece of the conversation, is that yeah. it reminds me, and this is not a positive, this is not inherently a positive statement either, right? But it reminds me a lot of Pax Unplugged, the first one. Okay, it sucked. Um, it did it, yeah. Well, just they were like, this seems like a really good idea. Like, is is Pax has. You know, it has acquisitions incorporated, and that's often why we know it as the TTRPG community. But what's lost on a lot of people from this community is that if you go to one, I hope you like video games because uh-huh. Penny Arcade kind of like that was their it's called Penny Arcade. Come on. Like that's their bread and butter was video games. And so those events are more geared towards video games than I think a lot of people from the RPG community expect. So then having one that is solely geared towards TTRPG makes perfect and beautiful sense. And the first one, they had absolutely no clue what they were doing whatsoever. It was completely upside down um, and it has only gotten better year Uh after year. And so my hope is that that is the trajectory that these sorts of things take is that there is a lot that is learned a lot that is gained and then it turns into something that is much better consistent and all of those things the other direction is also certainly available that they don't <laughs> like they don't like that it didn't go very well and they don't want to do it again um, yeah i mean I they'd said multiple times they were planning on doing another one and i think and i hope that based on what happened they would kind of clean up some of this stuff um they they also mentioned they're going to be sending out some kind of survey or some kind of feedback collection mechanism after the fact so that we can kind of give them this information or their this feedback and hopefully they can take that and and fine-tune the experience um but yeah that 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 todd thing it was kind of it, it happened a few different times um in the morning session they talked, well, I guess it was different for everybody, right? But my morning session in particular was about um, D&D Beyond as a product and kind of like some stuff they were working on. Uh, and then, you know, they opened it up to Q&A. And some of the questions were about D&D Beyond, but then some of the questions were just totally not about D&D Beyond, but the stuff that's on a lot of people's minds, especially given, you know, recent events, um, OGL and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it, that that theme kind of continued on. Um, the afternoon session kicked off with some VTT stuff. Uh, digital folks did not get to see the VTT in action, but the people on site did. I think we got the office hours and they got a live um, VTT mm. demo where they got to like sit in there. And I don't know if they got to actually mess around with it themselves or not, but they at least got to see it in, 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 um, in action. Uh, so when we 
were talking to the person in charge of VTT and um, people were kind of asking questions. Uh, it was a little awkward, but like people were like, this isn't really like, you know, this is fun, but also we have a lot of other bigger concerns and questions on our mind than the VTT. And like, can we ask these now? Like there wasn't really a, a place to do that, I guess. Um, Connie Chang, to their credit, uh, they're, the, they're the DM of Transplaner and they've done a bunch of other cool mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, kind of like made that statement in the middle of it. They said, uh, yeah, I have a question. What is this summit? Like, what's the point of this? And and like, this isn't kind of what I thought. I wanted to I wanted to give a bunch of feedback about lots of things, not just what you're making. And I, I could tell like the person presenting the VTT stuff was a little frustrated about that. Like, they're like, well, I was told to present this. You know, like I it was just a, a disconnect, right? Like in the email, it told us be ready to ask questions, but it didn't say ask questions about what we're making. It said, check out a little bit about what we're making. And then we're going to do a bunch of like Q and a and stuff. And they didn't really make it clear that the Q and a would be about just what they're making. Uh, now again, to their credit, uh, they added like an hour of time to where I think they were going to be talking about, or they were, they were going to let Jeremy uh, Crawford and Chris Perkins talk about all of the new kind of rules updates. And they basically like pushed that back an hour. And it was just like, all right, I know you guys have questions. Let's hear them. And we kind of got to hear all of that stuff that people had been holding um, and, and like waiting to for a time to ask. So that was nice that they kind of figured that out and adjusted uh, like a good uh, improv DM would do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a little awkward to like, sit there and, and like have them talk about the stuff. And, and there was a lot of other questions that were on people's minds, but, but they did adjust and allow us to kind of uh, ask those. So that was nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, it answers some of my questions because you the attendees have the same questions of like, what was the goal of yeah. the summit? And you, I'm trying to have as objective an opinion as I can. Like, you know, right. I mean, I got a lot of flags built into the D and D system. Just like, that's just how this is. Um, there's no if, ands or buts about it. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it doesn't put food on my table. So like, there's a bit, you know, there's a big difference between those two things, but at the same time, even from the beginning, one of my things was, I, I, I just felt like it was too soon. Like the summit just felt too soon um after everything from the ogl just just in the sense that like just like i don't know that you have enough good faith built back to do something like this and not get the backlash that happened it's like well yeah i can see why that backlash would happen regardless of how altruistic or positive or not shady you want to be about it i don't know that you built enough you know in the to like withdraw any of that social credit um to do this and Uh so do you do you feel like there was i mean it kind of feels like the answer is yes but like it just a general weird tone to just the the sessions like you've almost kind of used the word awkward a couple times um did it yeah did it get less awkward or were there less awkward points yeah, good question. So it, it definitely the, it definitely was some tension and some some awkward moments when people were asking these questions that were not related to the presentation at all because it's on everyone's mind, right? 
and you make a great point. Um, I was talking to my dad about this uh, today. Um, he's in town because we just had a, a baby recently and, and my folks are helping out a little bit. Uh, bless them. Um, and he kind of made a point to me because I was I was telling him like, yeah, this is what's happening. And he's like, yeah, they 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 put on this thing because they want to, you know, they want to wow you. They want to show you how cool everything is. Um, and, and that's really what they're trying to do to win you back. Right. They're trying to show you a bunch of cool stuff that they're working on. And maybe they'll forget everything about what we've done in the past few months. Um, and. I, obviously it didn't work right like we we spent two sessions talking about D beyond and then vtt stuff and it kept cropping up like people kept having these unrelated questions because that's what we all assumed we were there to talk about right like i figured at the very least you know we'd have like half the time to talk about ogl and like that stuff and then the other half might be hey here's some cool stuff that's happening uh and clearly that got lost in translation, right? The, you know, the, the explanation of what the event was going to be in the email versus everyone else's expectations who was invited versus what actually happened. Um, so yeah, it, it, they definitely did recover. Like I said, they gave us an extra hour of Q and a to kind of try to sort all that stuff out. Jeremy Crawford and, and Chris Perkins spent more time. Like they stayed late to, to finish their part of the, the event. Um, but the Q and a that we got to do right before the event was, was pretty good. There were a few points where they gave some, you know, non answers or, or got a little hostile or confrontational about people asking about OGL stuff. Um, I, I get, I kind of get why they would feel that way. It, you know, it'd be hard, like you said, to be, to be put in the hot seat and just like, all right, you're going to answer what everyone throws at you. Um, I feel like a few Watsy people feel like they've explained themselves already and don't need to keep reiterating, but you know, there's still, there's still answers people want. Um, but the session after that, like I said, Jeremy Crawford, Chris Perkins, great part, the most polished part. Um, and it, it's too bad that, you know, it, we, I had to wait all day to get like the, <laughs> yeah. the best part, you know, the most polished part, the, the part where all of our, you know, they showed us a bunch of cool stuff. He gave us a bunch of sneak peeks that are coming out in some unearthed arcana releases, you know, in the coming months. And, and that was the, the, the most fun I had for sure. But the rest of it, yeah, it was just a little weird until they, they kind of were like, okay, fine. We get the, this, like you have all these questions. So let's address those and then we can move on. Yeah, I guess, I mean, and yeah, and I'm just asking the fun, tough questions mm-hmm. that I can think of. Cause that's part of, do you really feel like they were, trying to wow you because it doesn't feel like it based on your description it doesn't feel i don't it doesn't feel like that was necessarily the intent i know it wasn't achieved if it was the intent but do you even feel like you were trying to be wowed by this process yeah it's hard to tell um they they also mentioned in the email um something about um Oh, uh, yes. Um, Something that came up consistently after PAX Unplugged, which is funny. Um, In December of 2022, our team had the opportunity to attend PAX Unplugged and interact with tons of members of the TTRPG creator community. Something that came up consistently in these conversations was a desire from the community to have more chances to see Wizards staff in person, more chances to provide feedback on how our team can improve the experience of making D&D content, and more chances to see what's next for D&D. Um, so that that part about how our team can improve the experience of making D&D content, um, I don't think they delivered on that promise, which is unfortunate because everyone who was invited was some kind of content creator. 
Um, and what ended up, I don't know, like a lot of the product demos they were talking about are showing us people talking about, oh, we've got all these great plans for D&D Beyond. And then everyone was like, okay, what about this? What about this? What are the plans? Like, can you tell us, can you give us some examples? And then most of the questions were kind of not really answered. Like, well, we don't know, or we haven't decided yet. You know, it was a lot of that. Um, they didn't seem prepared to like answer every question that might get thrown at them, which is a little unfortunate. And then, yeah, yeah. the content creation stuff. Like, I don't think they did a good job of giving us uh, like, hey, this is like, we have a plan in place to support content creators and we're going to do one, two, three, four, and five, you know, in the next six months um, that actually got brought up. And uh, again, Dixon Dubow answered the question and he said, I'm not going to tell you like, we've got a plan because we don't, or, or something of that effect. Like I'm not going to promise you something right now because we don't have something ready yet, but we want to work on it. So it's kind of like they put on this thing and they promise these, th- you know, these, these, um, answers and this support and then when we asked about it they were like well we're not sure yet uh so yeah yeah oh man so well, it, it kind of think- like it felt like someone said hey you know what would be a good idea we need to invite all these content creators who have been complaining about us to show them all the cool stuff we're making and to like win them back it, it, it's kind of what it feels like and then like we're gonna do this in two months and everyone's gonna be ready and we're gonna have thought of all of these problems that might arise and we're going to solve for them. And, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff they didn't think about or that that didn't get done like they thought they would. Yeah, it's so even pre-pandemic, one of the things was that that was already kind of a conversation was that with the presence of Watsi or the more specifically the presence of D&D and the availability of those people, be it at panels or even smaller cons, because oh, there was one like winter something that they were going to because it was closer than shipping everyone out clear because Pax Unplugged is in Philadelphia. That is not right. Seattle. Um, and those certain things in like just their overall presence was already starting to diminish. Then you have the pandemic where nobody's going anywhere. So then the presence is zero. Then you have the introduction of D&D Direct and some things that are online. But in those same moments, you have an increase in celebrity presence because they're also kind of sitting at their house. Yeah. The, 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 the two business degrees in me says, absolutely. That is a wonderful choice that you made. It will disenfranchise people because it, it absolutely did. But at the same time, you have all these celebrities sitting in their house willing to jump on Zoom. I mean, how do you say no? Like even the kid in you, this fan in you um, says all those things. So I yeah. think really those people and the whole team really started to get put on quite the pedestal because uh-huh. at the end of the day, they were the people in the high tower. And I'm not saying that they're trying to do that. I'm saying that's the possible perception that they're creating the thing and they're D and D and they're here. And then it was just like, ah, cool. We kind of messed up. Um, ha! Here's everything. And what a lot of people don't realize is once this veil has been pulled off, yeah, they don't know just like the rest of us don't know. Like, I've been in a lot of jobs with a lot of big projects where I didn't know until I knew. And that's part of the process. Like that's the, like that's the whole UA process there. You know, there's entire things that are getting thrown away. Like the Ardling was like, Oh, you guys hate that. Yep. We're not even going to put it in a book then. And there have been other versions where it's like, Oh, you didn't like that version. It's gone. We threw it in the trash. Whereas normally we don't see that. We don't see that. We haven't been seeing that process for years. And now I feel like, 
feel like it's almost in a very weird way we have been given too much access Hmm. that it should have been a probably more layered approach of more and then more access because i think now it's like no this is how game development goes it is iterative it is genuinely we don't know this is also how business practices work what are we going to do for all of these again disenfranchised content creators who are angry i don't know we're probably going to try stuff and hope some of it works and then figure out what works and try and keep doing it yeah but that's the best we got right now because we made everybody mad we made them yeah. very mad. That's a very interesting point you bring up because I, I think you're probably right. They were like, the issue has been transparency. So let's be as transparent as possible about all of these products that we haven't started working on yet. And then, of course, we're going to ask questions like, okay, so you said D&D Beyond is going to have this third party marketplace. Like when and what's the you know, what's the profit share going to be in and what's this and what's that? Like, will we own our own works if we're going to publish it there? And, and they're kind of like, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know what the split's going to be. We haven't figured it out yet. It's like, okay, so you're, you're, you're being super transparent about the stuff you want to do. And then you, you have no details about how it's going to be done. Which could, yeah, and, the, and that's the thing is like that could, that's probably 100% transparency there too. Cause it's like, look yeah. at the end of the day, don't forget, we got three lawyers, three sets of lawyers that probably have to say yes. Not only yeah. do our D&D lawyers have to approve it, and they're the most likely, but now we got to run it up and the Watsi lawyers got to say, you have to say yes. And now the Hasbro lawyers have to say yes. Right. Every, right. Everything that, that happens is probably a three-stage process most of the time and mm-hmm. and the other thing that i think is probably going to come out of this is that we are getting a hundred percent transparent potentially a much higher percentage transparency with what the D team is doing and i don't think that's what anybody really really cared about because yeah, you're right that that's the stuff that's the stuff we already loved without the transparency and the transparency was something that we, I, I, you know, as a collectively, it feels like the collective voice was asking for and does right. genuinely appreciate, especially as we're entering whatever new era of D and D is, is it a new edition? Is it a new more living version of the game? Who knows? Yes. We want transparency on what that process is because we want to be, we want to feel like our voices were heard in the process of making the next iteration of this game. But I don't think the collective voices have issue with that transparency with what just happened because the transparency is above the people that are now being more transparent. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I said, it was it was unfortunate that we didn't get to chat with Cynthia at all, you know, um, and then it was just a bunch of these product managers and game designers who are getting peppered with these questions that are, frankly, above their pay grade. They were, you know, decisions made that they had no um, they had no effect on. Um, yeah, you're 100 percent right. And and I think it, it is true. Like if I had someone looking over my shoulder, questioning every decision I made for my day job. I wouldn't get a lot done and it would be really annoying and it would be too much. Right. But, but when I present someone with a finished product and then they say, okay, what about this? What about that? Can we do this? Can we do that? I make some tweaks. It makes a lot of sense, but like, but being, you know, super transparent about every single step, especially if you haven't even started it yet. um, That just leads to a bunch of more questions and, uh, and it doesn't really do anybody any good. Um, I think, they made uh, Dixon made the point about Twitter being like amplifying 
specific voices, right? Amplifying people who are angry about something. Therefore, you give them more weight than maybe you should. Um, and that's not me saying don't complain or like don't make your voice heard on Twitter because I think that that um, like that happened and all of us collectively saying this is a bad idea made them walk back some mistakes they were going to make. Um, I think he made a good point that like you can't you can't pay attention to every single person who's complaining about something because you can't make everybody happy, right? Yeah, and and one yeah. of the things about Twitter is that it, it is a it is a important voice. It is a an important uh, it's a weird place, and it gets <laughs> weirder by the day. Um, but it is it has thus far. But I'll do that. It has thus far been a very important place for certain pieces of dialogue but yeah. at the end of the day what i what i can say based on some things that i know is that it is not representative of the entirety of D's base fan yeah. base and who, yeah. who's purchasing it because it, just because it can't be it, it just genuinely can't be not everybody's on twitter and certainly not everybody from the ttrpg community is actively voicing their opinions on twitter but what i do know is that these books hit amazon's bestseller list and the volume at which they would need to sell is far greater than the representation that is currently on Twitter. Now that's, yeah. that doesn't change the fact that those voices that are on Twitter and the conversations that are being had, those are important, but those are the things that they have to look at is okay. How do we process both of those things at the same time? Because that's the worst, that's the worst case scenario. It's like, eh, and I know, so, so then to, to roll that back on like personal experiences, the dungeon masters block, we have relatively low engagement on social media, but I also know what our download numbers are. And for the yep. life of me, I just wish I knew how that happened. I have no, I have no <laughs> earthly idea. How did you find us? I have no way to communicate with you other than the, I mean, <sighs> I guess I could ask on the podcast, but I won't cause that's super weird content and I really don't want to do it. I do want to do it, but I won't do it because it's very weird content. But part of me wants to know how in the world you could do a listener survey and then it's like people who care. (laughs) Hey, hey, listener, why are you a listener? Please tell me. Um, Here's my here's my my email address. Potentially, but because but it's that same. It's the kind of that same thing at a much larger scale. Yeah, because if we're you know if you're pre order hitting bestseller on amazon the again the volume of books that that has to be is astronomical compared to the the voices and the number of conversations that are happening on twitter yep 100 percent um and jeremy uh, crawford made this point um when they do these unearthed arcana surveys and stuff uh they get tons of people from lots of different editions who are answering the survey and they ask you what edition you came in um to the game at and he said that every different edition kind of group of people care about the game mm-hmm. in different ways. And like, oh, yeah. there's lots of different people and lots of different play styles and trying to make the game match. That is, is basically impossible. So you've got to try to focus on what, what works well. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, uh, transitioning just a little bit to like the good stuff. So I talked about Jeremy Crawford and, and um, Chris Perkins segment. That was good. Like I said, the, the impromptu Q&A was good. Um, they gave a bunch of free stuff to the people who were there. Like I think they were giving away um, special edition covers of Radiant Citadel and the latest one, the heist one, whose name is escaping me. Keys of the Golden Vault. 
Yeah, that's the one. Um, they asked for our, our digital attendee ind- addresses, so I think there might be something coming for us soon. I don't know when that will hit. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they sent us. So that's some good stuff. Um, yeah, so there's definitely some good that came out of this. Uh, and I think that, like you said, hopefully with all the feedback that they collect, they will be able to make the next one if they decide to do the next one um, much more cohesive you know, a much more cohesive experience, um, much more clear about what they're going to do, what they're going to present us with and what kinds of stuff we can expect content we can expect, um, you know, and, and like the, the Q and a stuff that I think that was just kind of the, the big issue that I saw is it wasn't communicated clearly enough that this would be the agenda. These would be the questions and, and kind of stuff they would expect us to ask. And I guess that would have just made me that much more prepared for this summit when I realized yesterday, Oh yeah, that's tomorrow. I'm just going to show up, but I still don't know like really what they're, what they're going to be talking about and why, Uh, which is funny to me that they invited 25, at least people in person and paid for their flights and paid for at least two hotel nights to just have this thing put together. That was not, as well thought out as I would have liked. That's that's nuts. That's a big investment. Yeah, it, yeah. There was a weird back. There was a weird back and forth thing again on Twitter where it's like, oh, they spent all this money, and it's like, oh, like this weird argument of like, it just is what it is. Let's stop. Right. What I mean, okay, yeah. So what? Like, yeah. I mean that that's how paying for people to go places is. It's expensive. Also, <laughs> like let's let's not shy away from the fact that Watsi made one point three billion dollars in revenue. I'm not saying that's profit, but that's still revenue that they made last year. So, 100%. I, I it's not hard. It's not hard to 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 write a few budget lines after you have after especially after you have all the issues that you had. That's a mm-hmm. super easy sell in terms of in in terms of the business world. You know, everything costs ten times more. I worked in you know I worked in that realm, especially the professional realm, where it's like this. If if it's just the dude on the street trying to get the same thing, it's thirty dollars because it's the business version. It's three hundred. Like it's this. Those are the. It's it doesn't make sense, but that's just how this kind of thing operates. So the fact, yeah, that it. I mean, sure. Was it a hundred thousand dollars? Maybe. I Maybe. guarantee you that someone could have gotten that written off in an instant after everything that happened, like without it, without a second thought. Right. I'm sure there's some way to, to write it off. You're right. So, but yeah, it feels like a big investment in time and money to, to like not have as cohesive a, as an experience as I think people were expecting. So yeah, I'm sure they will have learned some things from this, um, but that's, that's really kind of how it went down. Um, any specific questions about content or any questions about like, um, I don't know what, what, what else is on your mind? So you alluded to the fact that like, like the, like, what do you think the, the biggest benefit about being there would have been opposed to not being there? And so my head, so my, yeah. so my head goes to um, BlizzCon. So I went to just a quick anecdote. Like I went to BlizzCon for almost 10 years and it was mm-hmm. a group of us and we would go. And in the early days, you know, we have a crappy hotel and we go stand in line with 20,000 other people. And then I just was over it. I didn't get older. I just, just stopped. It just 
couldn't matter to me that much to spend an extra hour and a half in the morning to get a, a terrible seat to watch the opening ceremony. Um, so then we just got a bigger group. And then one year we rented out this absolute palace in the Anaheim Hills, eight of us, and they started giving a virtual ticket. So we just watched the opening ceremonies in our pajamas. And yeah. then when it was done, we calmly got an uber down to the convention center and casually strolled through the doors and waited in no lines at all and just went to the things that we wanted to and the best seat in the house was at your house and eventually it really became that way almost consistently because you had the virtual ticket so then yeah i just stopped going because i can't really get a better seat now that said the smaller stages often weren't shown and I physically am not playing the things that are exclusive to physically being there. Like the latest beta of the game that's not going to come out for four years. Like I played Diablo 3, I think four years before it came out because it was like one of cool. the earliest alphas and they had you there available for you to play play it. But like that's really what you're missing out on is, you know, the physical interaction with things that you otherwise couldn't. But eh. yeah, so, um, as far as like, yeah, what 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 I got out of it versus what you didn't. Um, there were a, quite a few people who dropped off in the middle of it. Uh, I saw a few people saying they did so on Twitter, including Ginny D, who was who was virtual. She said, "I just said, nah, I got work to do. Like, I don't I don't have time for this," which is which tells you something. Um, her time is obviously money, being a self employed creator, but. Uh, yeah, that was interesting to see. Um, and she said she was sad she missed out on the uh, the actual like Q and A that happened and and the good stuff at the end. Um, so yeah, that that gives you some context about what people who who whose time is money um thought of it. Uh, I'm on paternal leave, so I <laughs> I had ah, time to kill. Uh, my wife, you know, she she handled it okay. I think I owe her um a, a free day tomorrow though. So anyway, um. Yeah, I think the coolest part, again, was the very last bit where they were giving us a sneak peek into the rules updates. Um, Jeremy, I keep wanting to say Jeremy Clarkson. Jeremy Crawford was very, uh, very adamant that this is not a new edition. This is still fifth edition, that everything would be backwards compatible. He told us about a bunch of cool new rules they were going to do, what the new player's handbook would include, including like, the, um, they're calling them species now, the nine species that would be there, the 12 classes. Uh, each class is going to have four subclasses now, so they're going to try to spread the subclasses out evenly instead of every uh, uh, clerics and wizards getting all the cool subclasses, they're going to they're gonna spread them out, um, which is going to be interesting to see how they do that. Um, he talked a bunch about like the weapons and some cool new stuff they're going to do with that. They're adding mechanics to weapons called mastery, and once you have hit certain levels in in um, warrior type classes like um, fighters, uh, etc., you will get to do some extra stuff with your weapons. That sounds a little battle mastery, like you might get to do some extra damage or push your your opponent. He gave a bunch of different examples. Like there was one called uh, Oh, uh, I'll have to pull it up. But basically, like. No matter what, if you miss or not, you still deal a little bit of damage because you're such a, a good fighter, right? Like, you still may, might do... I don't know. He didn't give an example, but, like, you might still do a couple points of damage or, like, a D4 of damage even when you miss 
because you're such a, a good sword fighter kind of thing. So there's a bunch of cool things they're adding that, that he told us about that are coming out in Unearthed Arcana eventually, but he kind of gave us sneak peeks. They told us a little bit more about like the DMG and how they're trying to make it way more um, friendly to new people, reorganize it so that it makes sense, make it way more useful for people. Um, told us about reorganizing the monster manual to alphabetize it, adding a bunch of cool new monsters and stuff. So that was the fun part. And uh, obviously, um, so I did a, I did a Twitter thread. So anybody who's listening, if that sounds interesting to you, you should go check out my Twitter threads because I like try to go more in depth. It's not every word they said, but I tried to like give a good summary so you can, you can check out what's coming. And yeah, that was the fun part. That was the cool part. I would have started with that. <laughs> personally um (laughs) because it was it it would have set a different tone um it was just much more polished jeremy crawford's a great speaker and he was captivating and people didn't interrupt him as much and you know didn't question him as much it was just oh cool he's showing us some some stuff that we actually care about right like this is what this is this is why we all are here because we love love this game right um so yeah um i feel like that's what you missed out on but the caveat being you're gonna see it in a few months anyway <laughs> so yeah you know. which is i mean i was thinking it you said the quiet part out loud because because that's what i thought and also what feels weird is that there was the D direct and then this which yeah. i was like oh that okay yeah weird we just said all those things but they're gonna go see was the, i mean is that real does that make more sense? Is that somewhat required? And also like the big, the big thing, the big things that they were trying to show you are already touchy subjects. The whole VTT thing and all yep. of D and D beyond that's, that's a powder keg in and of itself. Yeah. So I'm surprised that that's kind of part of the conversation that they were willing to have or put in front of everyone, because that's a really touchy subject. I mean, from, uh a wide array of avenues because like for me i don't know i don't know why i would have people using the vtt if we're sitting at the same table because that's how it was presented initially in the D direct was like look how cool it is i'm like wait what that looks like a land party what are you doing like <laughs> that's weird that's fine like that's super cool super cool tool if we're all somewhere else super weird tool if we're all at the same physical table um and then it's yeah like, okay but then how does that play is that going to play with D beyond at all because there's rumblings that the vtt person doesn't really like D beyond but okay is that true does that matter because sometimes that doesn't matter you can certainly you could all work at the same company and not like anybody else there but you still got to do your job and at least act professional hopefully but like do those do are those going to intersect is it going to be seamless it seemed like it was alluded to like oh vtt oh you already built your character in D beyond now it's there okay but like is that truly seamless the what can and can't go on D beyond because like at my own table everyone everyone is on D beyond except one player because he really wanted to play the beast heart from mcdm and uh-huh. i really did him too so he just has a paper he has a paper sheet like you know kicking it old school just got a paper sheet because what else is he gonna do i'm not yeah. gonna take 
and to put a beast heart into D&D Beyond. It just, I don't have the throughput to do that for him. Um, so yeah, it, just, it does seem weird that those are kind of some of the big blocks of time would be certain things that I feel like were known, should have been known to already be touchy. So then I think like thinking on it more, like I think those already become awkward because you're not sure what you're doing in the first place. And now you're put into a scenario where like most of the questions I would have about those aren't easy. So yeah. No. Uh, so th- then I guess my other question, there's a whole nother day of this. No, it's just one day. Oh, okay. Okay, good. No, uh, uh, they, they, I think they all flew in last night. The in-person people had a hotel and then they did a dinner and like mingling tonight with Watsi staff and with Cynthia, the president. And so I'm assuming they gave them two hotel days, which is why I said oh, okay. that. Okay, so the, yeah. the, the in, okay. Huh? Yeah, in-person wow. folks. That'll be really interesting to see what, what that sounds like afterwards that the people yeah. would potentially have had a, like an actual dinner with her at the potentially at the table. Uh-huh. Um, and they, they kept saying during the day, like, Oh, you can ask us more questions about this at dinner tonight. So uh, all us digital folks kind of got hung out to dry in that aspect. Like they tried to get as many of our questions as possible. They also said, well, we'll just, track them all and then we'll answer them later i'm assuming they'll probably send us a giant email that's full of questions if they get around to it um but yeah uh in-person folks get to get to rub shoulders tonight and and ask their questions um the rest of us will just have to wait and see yeah there were a lot of digital folks also um i saw if there were 25 people there in person there was at least double that online if not more i wouldn't be surprised if it was triple or quadruple that uh okay. and yeah yeah so even i mean even still i mean that's not a huge number because i would say that that no. one that i that i would say that the one that i was talking about um easy couple hundred the spell jammer easy. one yeah, easy. A couple uh-huh. hundred people were there, Interesting. Um, but I kind of feel, but I kind of feel like at that point it was really both. Whatever you know, if you want to go with creator press, it was certainly both groups were all there, all together. And again, it, it and I guess it doesn't make. I don't know that that format makes as much sense for this. Maybe the first time out, but I, in a, in some ways it does. Like the digital version, where I mean, at least it was more fun. Like when you were waiting those twenty five minutes, you could have just been playing around, making your avatar look more like you. Because that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> or I could have been chatting with people. That was yeah, the other thing. Like did. being digital. Like I didn't really get a chance to get to know many other people. I had a couple people mm. like DM me and say, "Oh, hey, I saw you were on here." I followed your show or like I I've listened to your show before. And that was nice. Um, it, you know, to kind of like make a few connections, but as far as like, yeah, getting to like mingle and meet some people, you know, Mark Humes was in my little breakout group yeah. and it would have been cool to like talk to him a little bit. Cause I've tried to get him on my show, but he won't answer my emails, <laughs> but I didn't get yep. a chance to do that. Right. So, uh, well, yeah. yeah Cause like, so in, like I, I, I digitally walked over to the PR person that I've had all right. this email correspondence with him, but for the very first time I was like, Oh, hello. Like, I mean, at least digitally, this is my face and look, that's your face. And this is my voice and that's your voice. And okay, uh-huh. I gotta go now. And then I, you know, avatared away and then, you know, sat at the table and it was probably like five or 10 minutes where we all just chatted 
for a while before it kicked off. And then, so the for, the format of that was they played the D&D Direct, then you went to different rooms. And so even if we use this last one as, a, like this last one as an example, basically, uh-huh. you know, they announced D&D and Minecraft. And so I've gone into a room and the person they bring into the room is the Minecraft person. And so now I can ask, like, you know, even spur of the moment questions, but like, I just watched the trailer and the content that you showed me. And now the person who's made it is in front of me. And I'm just asking them questions about the thing I just saw. And that was kind of the format was like, these things just got announced. These are the people attached to those things. You ask them direct questions about the things you just saw for more clarification or whatever, whatever information you need. And collectively we're all gaining that information in this room with this person. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and hopefully they try to go back to that model um, if they if they decide to uh, do it again. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other things I want to hit on. Um, if, if they yeah. were to do it again, like what would your excitement level be? Like receiving an email like the second D&D Creator Summit is just around the corner <laughs> and we want you there. You know, it depends on what the email says, I guess. Uh, <laughs> realistically, would I take a day off of work to do that? What I just did today? It was probably not worth the content that I have generated from it mm-hmm. for me to attend, especially given a lot of the stuff they're telling us is just stuff that we're going to find out later. Um, the value to me was not there more so than like me deciding to take a day off of work. Like that, that would be a lot of time to dedicate to this. And I don't see it mm-hmm. that, uh, as it currently stands. If the email said, this is what we're going to be talking about. This is the agenda. These are the people that are talking. If it was very specific about what their vision was and what we would get out of it, um, I might be more inclined to go. And like I said, I'm hoping that they gather they gather enough feedback to make it worthwhile next time. So I would consider going, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it unless I'm sure that they have fixed some of the problems from this last time. Yeah. Part uh, part of it is how how are you, how would you effectively do both at the same time? It, I don't know. It was my thought was my thought from jump because my first introduction to the idea of a digital version also happening was that you mentioned it to me, and uh-huh. my first thought was like, "But how is someone just like wearing a GoPro? Like, what do how do what what do you mean you're gonna do both? You ever that's, watched uh, Arrested Development? How, yes, where he's got." The- He's got the guy who's like talking for him from prison. Yes. Oh my gosh. So freaking funny. I mean, it, <laughs> that was my first initial thought was like, I don't know how yeah. you would effectively create the scenario of both because I I've done that, especially, you know, again, over the pandemic, like the, you know, certain people aren't going to show up. And so then like most meetings that I would set up, I would have to have, you know, there was everybody that's there physically in the room as well as one sketchy laptop. That's kind of there too. And that that you can kind of hear the person or you could like super awkwardly hear the person because they're too loud because they're through all the speakers or they're like projected on the screen where everyone's just cat can just hide. And they're just, there for everyone to see or 
completely forgotten. Uh, and so, yeah, my first thought was like, whoa, but why would you do both? Like, why would you do both at the same time? That That's what I'm trying to say. Because I can see yeah. a much tighter, more professionally done version where it's it's one because again i'll you know because now that it's not embargoed i can i can talk about my experience with the DD direct and the press version where basically greg you know so i'm invited to a zoom meeting not a team's meeting i'm already excited <laughs> by, the, by the change in venue um where it's a webinar format i i don't see any of the other in attendees i don't see you know they're not seeing me they're not hearing they're technically seeing me, um, but they're not hearing me. And like, I'm not have I'm not there visually. If yeah. I'm going to ask a question, it's through the Q and a format where, you know, not everybody, my question's not going to fly up in front of everybody. Their moderator is going to see it. And so Greg comes on, he talks about it. Then he says, we're going to, here's the trailer. He shows all the Minecraft content. He says, here are the two people that made it. Bam, bam. They both pop up now and I can see them. They're done off they go he says oh yeah we have this new monstrous compendium and we're gonna have dan dylan come on dan dylan's a longtime friend and so i i almost wave which is stupid because he can't see me (laughs) but i get bit i am like oh my gosh it's dan it was literally the most exciting thing of the whole thing and he said and i messaged him later and he said that that's funny he's like i saw you and he was like hi neil um because he just saw me in the in the in the list of people but yeah. so Dan comes on and Dan's clearly sitting at home, you know, like I am right now, bookshelves behind him, do does the whole thing, off he goes. Then they pull up the people to talk about the D&D movie and the magic cards that are centered all around the characters from the movie. And then off they go. And then yep. from there, you can super easily, as someone who has had to do these sorts of things and set these up, you could super easily set up Zoom room, Zoom breakout rooms where um everyone from let's say everyone is off in a breakout room with everybody else they're like you have a breakout room with todd and you know that that's the breakout room you're going to go to and you get a message to say your breakout room is about to end and then you come back then you're told you go to another breakout room like and so there's a digital experience that i think could work extremely well for this sort of thing because zoom can accommodate like a thousand people inside of a really well-built webinar conference that is built specifically for this sort of thing yeah and and do that and then those two dozen people that physically go there yeah I mean, if you really tailor it to know that you're not going to show them stuff that you're not okay with it, that you're okay with them saying everything about when they leave, that's how I would personally format it. Just because again, we don't have the social credit right now to not do anything like that because the other version is having them sign NDAs, which I don't think is the version that's going to go over well. No, people would hate that. Yeah. So, so if you're going to invite them, invite them, but that's all they're doing. And yeah, you're going to get some grief because people didn't get invited, but you always get grief because people didn't get invited. Yeah. Like that, that's just how it is. Um, but that's if a they great go, point. They yeah. have to be separate. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, a lot of the audio visual issues would have been solved if they had thought about it digital first or digital only. Um, there was times where you couldn't hear people speaking, you know, inherent to Q and a, right. Someone in the back of the room asks the question, none of us online hear it. We're all like, what was the question? What was the questions, you know, in the chat and, and the moderator does or doesn't tell us, and we've got to fill in blanks. And 
you know, you're just missing stuff. Um, the different people who are presenting, one is further away from the mic. We can barely hear her. We all have to say, speak up, please. She speaks up a little bit and then trails off again. Just, you know, a lot of issues that, that would be solved doing this, speaking to the, the, the laptop and, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be lost in translation that way. Yeah. It's a, it's a interesting feedback that I'm probably going to send them now, now that you've said yeah. it, I'll say it was from you though. Oh, that was totally fine. Well, yeah, because I think about it, like I'm thinking about this last one. There, I, in hindsight, there wasn't a single person that was in their office. There's no way. Well, no, that's not true. Oh, at the D and D direct stuff. Yeah, because Greg definitely wasn't because I've seen the inside of his home office before. Dan yeah. definitely wasn't because I've seen his before. Uh-huh. Um, the other two definitely weren't. The only one that I think was a maybe was the. Um, they were from the magic team. And you got two options. Either that's one really cool home office or one really cool at work office because there was giant magic art behind them. Sweet. And it was so, oh, it was so cool. Um, yeah. And in hindsight, I'm like, it was your backdrop was there in person and so cool. I don't know where it was. It could have been in the actual office or at your house, either option. Um, but yeah, mm. I, I think. That's the only thing I could think of to, to, it, it has to be one or the other. And you're yeah. not going to invite more people than that. That's, that's untenable. Like there, there's no way you could really accommodate. I don't think more than that. Um, yeah. It's the digital invite- experience they were going for was definitely, they're trying to keep it intimate by, by having these breakout groups where we could talk with one staffer and like we could do the Q and a, right. Um, so if you invite way more people than that, you're never going to keep up with the Q and a. And, and like I said, they couldn't, they couldn't even keep up with it with this smaller group, however many people it was, uh, and they're going to have to get back to us on it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. What, what else you got? Any other questions? Any other, uh, any other observations? I mean, do you feel better? feel better no, I mean, that like, i got this off my chest or like that i no i'm I mean, sure i mean just, no i mean because like i guess <laughs> i mean i like just the like i guess that's the intended uh, you know essentially the intended goal of the whole thing is like uh, to to i get i was it i that's such a weird so that i guess that's a hard question for me to ask because like that's in my heart question. of hearts i know that that's kind of what the goal was to make you uh-huh. to make you feel better uh-huh. um but i don't know that I don't know that it really was. And so I don't know that you do, but like, do you, okay, no, because I'll, let's go back to go forward. It's, it's okay. a term. It's a term that I've used at this point. Do you feel like c- there is more collective social credit because of this or not? Like, do you feel like they've get they, that they've gained any social credit with whoever was actually invited? That's a good question. Um, there were definitely a few people who asked multiple questions um, who I could tell were dissatisfied. Um, as far as the rest of the people, the silent majority, if you will, uh, <laughs> a little U.S. history joke for you there. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. Um, there were a lot of people who were very excited. Like I said, in the last session, a lot of cool stuff got shared. A lot of people were excited about the future of the game. And I think that was, like I said, I might have started with that just because it would have set the tone. But also ending with that meant that people ended with, oh, okay, even though they've made a lot of bad decisions and I'm not sure how this thing as a whole went, 
that was a cool section. I learned a lot about the game I love. They're going in a cool direction. I'm excited for the future. Uh, yeah. Like I said, in the email that they sent me, they promised that they would be talking to us about how they were going to help us as content creators, like make better content or like, you know, give us support, that kind of thing. I don't feel like they met that. Um, they did put in that impromptu Q&A to like address the, the questions that people were clearly having. So at least they did that. Um, do I feel better though? Like, I don't know. Uh, it's a mixed bag. Um, I see the potential for a, another creator summit where, where they really nail it and the experience is awesome and people talk about it for six months until the next one, you know? Um, so I think that it's kind of, it was, it was necessary to like work out the kinks is, is to just do it and then say, okay, we've got a lot of stuff we got to fix. Um, but as far as how this one went, I would guess that a lot of the feedback is going to be neutral to leaning negative. Um, myself included, there were, there were bright spots, but overall, like I said, I don't know, I would take a day off of work to do this again. Um, if I'm only invited digitally and it's, I got to take time out of my day to do it. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what the future is of the content creator summit, but that's where I stand. I like it. Yep. And it dawned on me what it, it's, a, it's all growing pains. Like at, yes. the, end of, at the end of the day, um, because that it, it, I dealt with it previously. Uh, it makes me sound so old. It's, it's not, it's not really that long ago, but it does feel like forever ago. <laughs> but I remember in the earliest of days, I just communicate, we communicated directly with Greg Tito. Yeah. That's how these things used to go. That never, not in a million, not, not that I should, like, unless I was on the personal, just having a personal conversation with him. That's just not how these avenues work. And no. I feel like that's what's happening again, is that there are growing pains, but it's different because this is not the same as a lot of products. Um, yep. the engagement people with are this product very is, bought into this. It's yeah. very, it's very personal because it can be, it, it could be. There's a lot less brands where their product could be the difference between, and it is, it, it's weird to say it, but it is the gravity at times, life and death. This uh -huh. game and the relationships and the sessions that happen have genuinely saved people from things far darker times. And that's just true. And so then they, the fact that they have that attachment to it and then the corporateness gets involved and like, I can separate that just because that's, again, I have the two business degrees and honestly, it's the biggest benefit I've ever had from them. Not money, not time, not jobs, nothing. It's literally just a better perspective on the world around me, especially <laughs> corporate stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, I get marketed to, and that was one of my emphasis was marketing. And so then marketing happens to me and I'm just like, I see what you're doing <laughs> and I'm okay with it because I know what you're doing. But like, if I got to the other side of this and I didn't know that that's what you were doing, and then I found out after, I'd be mad. I'd be super yeah. mad. You know, yeah. put a cape on me because I'm super mad. Um, <laughs> but the idea—that's what's happening. A lot of this is just corporate growth, and it sucks. It really does at times um, because they have to learn how to do that with a product that can't be about money. Um, and, and there's a lot. You're absolutely of, right. The the yeah, emotional a, connection people create with yeah. the game 
is so strong. Stronger than video games. Most of, like most video oh, games, yeah. I would say. Most people's experience with video games. Stronger than board games, card games. Stronger than TV and movies. Um, yeah. Because I think about like, yeah, so like one of my favorite games of all time that I ever put probably the most hours into and really played out the most was Ocarina of Time. I never uh-huh. felt like I was Link. I never put a piece of me in that process. I never felt I never felt like that was me, but I had the time of my life playing that game. Everyone will tell you every person that creates a character puts a piece of themselves into that character, either a piece that they love or a piece that they hate. And they interact with that piece every time they roll the dice. Yep. And the funniest thing about everything I've set up until this point is if they just focus on that, they'll make so much money. They'll make so much money astronomical amounts of money because once you stop looking at the money and that's the thing it's like on a personal basis and i know it's and i'll say it welcome internet capitalism (laughs) the reason like a lot of people don't like it is because there's a lot of very bad capitalism but there also can be good and usually the good people are like i'm just trying to solve someone else's problem i'm not trying to get their money uh-huh. I will get their money because that's the exchange that we have in this process. That's the value of solving the problem. Yeah. Yes. It, where inherently like, you know, let's say it's me and I want to be a personal trainer. If I'm just trying to get your money, then I look like all the big gyms that close because they, people don't actually go. But if I'm a true personal trainer, it's because I want to make you the best version of you and you're probably going to keep paying me and keep staying with me. And I'm going to keep working because I see that that's the exchange. That's the exchange that they have right there at their fingertips. Literally life-changing experiences for anyone that plays this game. But it's just like, how could we microtransaction these fools out of their money? <laughs> so, yeah, it's there. Yeah. It's, there. It, it's there. It's right there. And again, if they look at the tool that they have as something that genuinely could better the lives of everyone that plays the game, they will have more money than they could ever dream of. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the next few years entail. But on that note, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Thanks a ton for joining me, Neil. Uh, thanks a ton for avoiding Twitter. I know you said you were very busy, um, yep. but I uh, appreciate your uh, outside looking in perspective. I knew that you'd be a good person to chat with about this. So I'm glad you uh, you responded to the DM and said, absolutely, I'll do this autopsy. Yep. That sounds fun. Um, yeah, so uh, you made a bunch of really interesting and good points. And we had a lot of fun chatting about it. Uh, and I have learned more about myself. Uh, no, but but really, uh, you know, you might it, have, it, hey. <laughs> it gave me some perspective on on the event itself. And like, would I would I attend again and like what it would take to get me back? So, yeah, very interesting. Perfect. I, I loved it. And like I said, anytime I accidentally stumbled my way towards something that felt like information <laughs> from the summit, I immediately closed it. I was like, no, 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 no. I want to know nothing until I talk to you. I appreciate that. Well, uh, I can be found on Twitter at HN, the number two DM for a, a few months more. Perhaps we shall see what, what, um, what happens there. Uh, but you can find more about um, my show and, and everything else, the content I create at linktree.com slash HN, the number two DM. And Neil, where can people find you and, and what are you working on lately? Agreed. Yeah. The, you can also, for now, find me on Twitter. Oh, I will. Side note. 
I watched every episode of the show Gotham and I went down with that terrible ship. I will go down with Twitter as well. I will I will go to the depths of the sea just because I'm interested to see what that looks like. But I am at Jote Moniac, Jack of all trades, master of none, IAC on Twitter. You can also find me on Hive. If you either place, all I really do now is just post dungeons every day. It's, it's kind of all I've got going right now but it's every day and I keep making dungeons and I refuse the only day I've put an empty dungeon was my birthday because I said you know what if I'm going to give myself a day off it's today on my birthday and it is the one and only day that I've not done more because I'm like if I'm going to do this I'm going to make dungeons I'm going to make dungeon rooms and I got some stuff coming up some really interesting stuff yeah I've got that's what that's what I've got if you want to see a dungeon dungeon room a day of for someone who I feel like is trying too hard at this whole thing, then definitely check me out on Twitter or on Hot. <laughs> awesome. You can also find Neil on uh, the Dungeon Masters block where he chats with creators from around the space. He chats with DMs about all sorts of different topics um, with some of his co-hosts. And also uh, every other week he is with Celeste Conowich from Cobalt Press talking about uh, DMnastics, lifting the mental weights, helping you um, practice and exercise out your brain, uh, your DM brain, so that your party will uh, not have to ask you to even lift, bro. Mm-hmm. Yep. Narrative mechanics. Just do both. Yeah, just do both. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And if you have any more questions about the summit, you can hit me up and ask me about my opinion or about the content. Like I said, you can also head to my Twitter account and scroll through and find my threads. I tried to create a thread for each of the different kind of segments that we were invited to. So you can kind of logically look at each of them in their own right. Um, There are some through lines throughout the rest. And I tried to tag people I knew who were asking the questions. If you want to go hit up those people and thank them for their questions or, or whatever it might be. But again, thanks for joining me, Neil. And it's been awesome to chat about this. And I hope to see you all soon when season four of How Not to DM kicks off. When that is, uh, I don't know. Don't ask me. But uh, I'm just enjoying parental leave right now. And uh, we'll see how the, the fourth season shakes out uh, in the future.